We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Hope everyone out there is having a fantastic day. And if you're not, I hope it gets a little bit better. Either way, appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. And maybe you can use us as a little distraction from whatever else you have going on. This is KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, founder of KC Sports Network and former Chiefs insider and sideline reporter. Worked for the team from 2014 to 2020, and I earned a Super Bowl ring that now doubles as that shiny thing that my five-year-old daughter always plays with whenever I turn around and I'm not looking or protecting it. Uh, But it is Wednesday, which means we will be joined by YouTube legend Brett Coleman, X's and O's guru that has not just been creating content, but leading and dominating the NFL content game for the past several years. Always learn something when talking to you, my guy. And you can find him on Twitter and on YouTube at Brett Coleman. Brett, man coverage. It's becoming a thing. You play Mm. the number one defense in the NFL and they even switch up, you know, what they've been doing, which has been pretty dominant. Uh, talking about the Bills being one of the most heavy zone coverage teams, and even they switched uh, to playing more man than they have been playing all year, something you, I know you and I talked about last week. But um, how difficult is this going to be a thing for the Chiefs moving forward, uh, knowing that even teams as talented and as good as the Bills are, are switching up what they're doing and they're seeing something that they feel like is an advantage for them? Uh, you know, once upon a time, teams would not dare play man coverage against the chiefs, uh, especially, you know, in a primetime game. Uh, that was just the one thing you didn't do unless you had a very specific cover one call called cover one cross, which is what Belichick busted yeah. out in the second half of the AFC championship game. But we're going down a rabbit hole for the most part. You just didn't call man <laughs> against Kansas city because you would lose. You just lose the game. Uh, not so much these days. And I'll admit I was hopeful going into the season that, Marquez Valdez Scantling would justify uh, the investment, and you know Juju. They didn't spend a whole lot of money on Juju, but still, I hope yeah. that he would he would have stepped up more, and I would have hoped that they would have got Sky more involved a lot earlier. Which he's he's had his moments, but they really haven't leaned into the Sky more experience like I thought they would, and like a lot of people thought yeah. they would in August when he was 
killing, you know, everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's becoming a problem that they don't have any receivers that can consistently beat man coverage. Like uh, I'm going to say his name once Tyreek Hill did, you know, it's pretty much Travis Kelsey or bust at this point. And until they demonstrate that they can beat man, teams are going to keep playing it against him. I think that, uh, formation wise and play call wise, you can do some things to discourage man coverage. Like I think you can condense things a lot more, do a lot mm-hmm. more bunches, do a lot more stacks, um, you know, uh, try to create some rubs there. But as soon as defenses catch on to that and they start, uh, they start doing box coverages and do it, then you're still kind of screwed anyway. So it's tough. And I know, <laughs> A lot of Chiefs Kingdom are like, okay, well, Brett, what's the solution? How do we fix this? How do we still go to a Super Bowl? To me, there's really only one way, and that's to sign Odell. Unless you're doing I was gonna that. say, <laughs> yeah, that's the next question. Is like there is a receiver out on the market right now that's pretty that's good at got, uh, beating that, man coverage. That's your card. That's your card to play. And I know they just freed up some money yesterday, and I immediately put out a tweet like, Oh, Odell would look good in red. And I'm 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 serious, I stick by that. He would look good in red, but short of that or making some kind of crazy trade, like maybe you throw an asset at the Bears for Darnell Mooney or something like that. Like maybe mm-hmm. they really want to go all in on sacrificing Justin Fields. Um, short of that, I, I don't know what else you can do, but you got to get somebody else. Yeah, it brings me to my next question is just, what can the Chiefs do to make things easier on Mahomes? Because even with the man coverage and we're talking about it as if it's this big issue because for them to go and win a Super Bowl, you want to make things as easy as possible and not have to make Patrick Mahomes go God mode every time he's got to hit a crosser or have zero separation and try to fit into these really, really tight windows. So still the top scoring offense in the NFL, they're still functioning at a very high level, but the leverage and the pressure that's being put on Mahomes just feels like, can he consistently do this throughout an entire season when he's not getting a lot of help from his wide receivers in this way? So what can the chiefs do in your opinion uh, to make things a little bit easier on him? Um, I would say try to take things a little bit off his shoulders, because as you mentioned, like a lot of the offensive metrics still look great, you know, mm-hmm. like they're still putting up a lot of points, but the margin for error this year, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. The margin for error yeah. this year feels so much smaller like in in way 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 smaller razor thin and everything always comes down to pat mahomes doing something crazy you know like breaking the pocket and then somehow like tippy toe stopping right before the line of scrimmage and shoveling something over (laughs) being the like he has to do that every week in order to get these metrics to the same spot which he can do he's an alien i i get it but we would like for somebody else to also make some plays, you know, and, and back in the, back in the before times and the long, long ago when you could dump it down <laughs> to a certain receiver in the flat and he would still get 20 yeah. yards for you. Like it, those easily manufactured explosives don't exist right now. So in terms of how yeah. to help him out, either a, as we alluded to sign somebody else or B make the passing game take a little bit more of a backseat and try to run the ball consistently. Um, You know, whether it's with Clyde or Pacheco or all of them, the less plays that you put on Pat standing back there for three seconds and hoping that MBS gets open, the better. Like if we can get five yards any other way with Clyde or Pacheco, 
let's get the yeah. five yards that way so that at least Pat doesn't have to do everything all the time. And once we get to third and four, then you can make him do it. But for the for everything else, like make the rest of the team earn their paycheck, you know? Yeah. And since we're recording this show, you know, Wednesday before lunch, you know, Chiefs fans have had three days of of analyzing the game against the Bills and what it means. And I think most fans at this point have kind of understood that that was not a game that Chiefs fans are going to be really, I don't say be really worried about, but you went toe to toe. You only gave up 24 points to Josh Allen and granted on their defense, they didn't have everybody back, but that is not a alarm bells should be going off type of performance that the Chiefs lost. They went toe to toe margin of error being razor thin and the Chiefs just didn't get it done against a team that's better than they are right now. Um, but the last question I have for you before we start kind of turning the page uh, on this show, at least talking about the 49ers is that game between the chiefs and bills. Was there anything when you were watching it that surprised you outside of, you know, for me, it was the man coverage with the bills. It was, are they going to break from what they do a little bit because they are so good at it? Um, or do they see the same things that a lot of others have been seeing with the man coverage stuff that we just got done talking about. But outside of that, was there anything else from that game that really surprised you? There was actually one thing that absolutely stunned me, and I, I never thought I would see it again. Um, Devin Singletary got 17 carries. <laughs> yeah, like that, that, I, that was unbelievable. Josh Allen didn't lead them in carries, like he still had 12, which is a lot, but they gave Devin Singletary 17. And not only that, but they were an effective 17 carries, like he was especially earlier in the game, like ripping off first downs, ended up averaging about you know five yards a carry, had a little under 100 mm -hmm. yards, but they actually ran the ball and we talked about this last week i think where i was like hey the chiefs played a lot of cover two on first down like you got to run them out of it they ran the ball and 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 yeah. moved the ball early on like i know again the chiefs only allowed 24 points um but at least in the first half like the bills effectively had a balanced offense which i i don't think we've even seen yet this year before that game so um, it is something to take into account for the eventual rematch, because let's be honest, everybody's expecting this to be a rematch sometime in late January. Um, it is something to take into account that at least Buffalo showed they're willing to run you out of cover, too, and maybe they'll make some adjustments. But um, that was genuinely surprising that that, you know, Josh Allen didn't have 60 attempts in this game. Yeah. One of the things that that was not surprising in this game, but it's always exciting to watch. And I, I, I'm a fan of Steve Spagnuolo. I love aggressive defensive coordinators. I love guys who just send the house, especially cover zero in the red zone, like goal to go, just sending everybody at Josh Allen. It's, it's fun to watch. I wish they could create some more pressure uh, without having to send the house all the time, uh, which is something I know that we've talked about and chiefs fans have been talking about. Can uh, we talk about Frank Clark for a second? We can, but first let me get this DraftKings read out of the way. Okay. I started to segue it with some exciting plays, Brett. But um, <laughs> if you want every play to feel as exciting as a Steve Spagnolo defensive call in the red zone, then uh, make sure that you check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can bet any five can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And looking ahead, the Chiefs are three-point favorites on the road 
against the 49ers going out to California and your neck of the woods, Brett. And the under over at 48 and a half points, actually gone up a half point since that line first came out. But to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Brett, if you want to go after Frank Clark, I've been the Frank Clark supporter in Kansas City for the last couple of years because of what he meant to this team when they went and won a Super Bowl. But right now, not a huge impact from the Chiefs pass rush uh, at all. I was also the guy you know, saying that George Karloftis was going to break Derek Thomas's rookie sack record. Uh, and here we are six weeks into the season. He's got, I think, a half sack. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of season left, Brett. But uh, yeah, let's, let's talk a little Frank Clark. Uh, for a $100 million guy, at least at one point it was a $100 million guy, somebody who the Chiefs have either gone all in on or retained for multiple years because everybody's like, oh, yeah, but what, what we really care about is like December Frank Clark and January Frank, Frank Clark. I don't know. September, October, November Frank Clark really matter a lot too, especially in games like this one. And when you yep. are 52nd among just edge rushers, like let alone interior mm-hmm. players, 52nd in the NFL in pressures with 12. He's got two pressures a game so far. If memory serves me, Kayvon Thibodeau missed the first three games, came in for the Giants, and now has uh, one more pressure than Frank Clark. And I get it, Kayvon Thibodeau was a highly drafted guy, but like it, 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 the pressure rate for Karloftis versus Clark isn't even close. It, it, like it favors Karloftis. He's like an extra pressure per game. And we're talking about how we wish Karloftis was more productive. Like, well, he's still outproducing Clark. Like, what? What is his role here? Like, what yeah. what are we what are we paying him for to get twelve pressures in six weeks? Like, yeah. that to me is like one of the one of the things that needs to be addressed this offseason. Is I know they got an edge rusher we really like in the last draft. They need another one because, like, I, I'm not even a Chiefs fan, and I've been frustrated by this for like three years now. And I <laughs> I know that a lot of Chiefs fans are even more frustrated than I am. Yeah, it. I think a lot of Chiefs fans were surprised when Frank Clark was brought back. He restructured his deal. Uh, it was one of those who's going to cost as much to cut as he did to keep. It was with the dead cap and like all that uh, with his contracts. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised when he's not back in Kansas City next year. And a lot of my defense of Frank has been uh, what it was when the culture of that side of the ball was changing um, from the, the leaders they had on before to what they did with Tyron Matthew and Anthony Hitchens and Frank Clark and guys that Chiefs fans don't like hearing those names right now, mm-hmm. uh, the way that, you know, things kind of ended with them. But when they were here, when they were first brought in, the changes they made, um, you know, made all the difference in the world to the Chiefs going and winning that Super Bowl uh, for behind the scenes stuff that I was able to see when I was there. But um, you're exactly right. And it's not getting done right now. I don't know if anyone was necessarily counting on Frank this year, like they were maybe in years past, the expectations were probably a lot lower, but for someone who's a starting defensive end, you need to get pressure. If you're going to go win a Super Bowl, you need to be getting more pressure than the chiefs are right now. And they've played some pretty mobile quarterbacks some guys that are difficult to bring down so far. And the next stretch of games gets significantly 
quote, easier uh, in terms of at least bringing down the opposing quarterback. Although we said this about Matt Ryan, they did bring him down uh, a few times, but, um, but yeah, that pass rush is the one area when you're getting closer to the trade deadline that Brian Burns name keeps coming up and is, mm-hmm. is making a move for a player like that going to make sense uh, for Kansas city. Uh, but no matter what they do, it's going to, it's the margin. We talk about margin of error on the offensive side of the ball is the only way you're going to get pressure is by sending the house all the time. You're living and dying by putting these young corners on an Island. When they do that, we saw it happen with Josh Williams and un- unlucky for him, he was going up against uh, two of the best or probably the best tandem in the NFL. But uh, yeah, it's, it's not good enough right now. I think everyone in Kansas city knows that. I think the players and coaches know that, but um, yeah, I, I'll always defend Frank, but uh, not getting it done right now. I know people in uh, in Carolina said like, "Oh, Brian's Burns is, is Brian Burns is not on the table," and I'm like, uh-huh. Ev- "Everybody's on the table, <laughs> yeah. okay?" There's just what you're saying is not on the table for the current prices you're getting. But yeah. if KC rolls up there and says, "Hey, you want a one and a two, and and you guys just say we're not even going to try to draft one in the next class because we're going to be so far down in the first round anyway, who cares?" Here's a one and a, and a two. They would take that deal and you would get your pass rusher. And even if Odell signs somewhere else and we're like, oh, I don't know if we can put up 24 on Buffalo. Well, if you can hold Buffalo to 20 <laughs> with Brian Burns, <laughs> yeah. he accomplished the same thing. So, yeah. And, and it's those handful of plays. I mean, you know mm-hmm. this. It's it's not the, you know, 22 and a half sack. It's just when you're right there, bring him down. The Chiefs had some opportunities to bring down Josh Allen. Again, not an easy guy. To bring down yeah. but if you're trying to win a super bowl you want to consider yourselves one of the best two or three teams in the league you need to have some negative plays coming from your front and not always again having to send luxurious need or these deep defensive backs uh, to make plays in the backfield but uh, let's move on talk a little bit about the chiefs and the 49ers uh, a lot has always been made about kyle shanahan and you know his running game and and everything that all the pressure and uh things that they do up front so brett education educate us here a little bit what's the key to facing a 49ers offense led by Kyle Shanahan um understanding who's the trigger man and and, and, you know you guys have a history playing against Jimmy G at this point uh one that I'm sure 49ers fans don't appreciate but like you look at his passing chart last week he's still the same guy that you guys played against in that Super Bowl they didn't complete a single pass um more than 15 yards down the field and he got picked off twice I think I saw like one pass completed outside the numbers, you know, like that, that is where they live. It's, it's literally a dome on the passing chart of short and intermediate (laughs) over the middle. Like it's unlike anything else in the entire league. So understand that's where the ball's going. Always have the linebackers sitting in those windows over the middle, Uh, you know, put your corners in outside leverage and funnel everything over the middle towards that inside help because you at least want to make sure that he's not going to try to test you down the boundary. And then just uh, honestly rally and tackle over and over and over again and challenge them to have 11, 12, 13 play drives while Pat is putting up points himself. And it's going to be one of those grinded out type games, but like that's probably the way that you can pull this off is force Jimmy to be perfect for four straight quarters because we know that he can't be compared to Pat. Yeah, he's got, I saw this tweet earlier this morning, actually retweeted it from Ben Fennel, uh, saying Jimmy Garoppolo had the top five quarterbacks in Pat 
highest percentage of passes thrown uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And that Jimmy G is tied for second and that 24% of his passes are thrown behind the line of scrimmage. And so yeah. if, for Chiefs fans, if you're looking for uh, another reason to be excited about Willie Gay's return, uh, everything that you just mentioned would be exactly that. And that this is a good game for Willie Gay to be back uh, for the Chiefs. As far as skill position, uh, players to worry about, obviously Debo Samuel is over on that side. You just mentioned Jimmy G uh, and the the limitations that he places on their offense. But where can these guys beat you? What uh, Besides the fact that Trent Williams might be coming back in this game, um, yeah. is, is something uh, as being one of the best. Is it tough to say one of the best left tackles to ever play? I mean, is that... Oh yeah, no, not tough at all. <laughs> like he's okay, absolutely that, like, okay. Slam dunk. You say, first ballot people Hall say of things Famer. like that. I'm not going to say that I've watched, you know, study him a lot, but people that I trust that do study this a lot have said he's the best left tackle to ever play, and I just trust their opinions. Think, think of how good John Ogden was, and Trent Williams and John Ogden are like the same to me. Like it's Willie he, Rofe. He's that, and it, Willie Rofe, like all these guys. You know, he's yeah. he's one of those. He's on the Mount Rushmore of left tackles in my opinion he's that ridiculous who who are the guys outside how can they beat you how can the 49ers beat you offensively if you're not on top of it is it just the rally tackle the yards after catch what is it that the chiefs need to not necessarily lack on uh to slow down the chargers or excuse me the 49ers offense so many of Debo's big plays are the ones that are behind the line of scrimmage and then at that point he turns into a punt returner and he's really good at Mm. that um and he's just really hard to tackle in space but in terms of like the traditional drop back passing game the one to worry about is brandon Ayuk. in terms of like pure like what we think of as a classically trained wide receiver in terms of like that general skill set brandon Ayuk is the best on the team debo is the best yak threat hardest guy to tackle but Ayuk is the better pure receiver and when he is working down the field he is really hard to cover he's one of the toughest covers in the entire league um this is going to be a game, ironically, because he he also plays for the other team. But this is going to be a game where you're going to feel the absence of of Charvarius, because Charvarius is one of the guys that I think could have matched up with with Ayuk and you know played him tough and, and and been sticky. But right now, especially based on the sample size of last week, I'm not sure that any of the Chiefs Chiefs healthy corners can match up man. Uh, match up in man with Brandon Ayuk. I think he's he's too good. And so you kind of want to cut off the other side of the equation, which is Jimmy. Because if you don't think you can cover Ayuk, you got to make sure that Jimmy can't get the ball to him, whether that's bringing pressures, um, it, it, whether that's being a, bringing pressures or like Chris Jones going off or Karloftis having his breakout game we've been waiting for. You got to sever the other side of that connection because I, I don't think on the coverage angle you're going to be able to pull that off. That's good. I interesting to hear you talk about Brandon Ayuk and, and not to take anything away from Brandon Ayuk as a player, but we just faced Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and before that it was Devontae Adams. Like every oh, team's got you, a dude. You've been through every it. team's you've got a dude, but you know what? We these guys have been tested. Hopefully Trent McDuffie is back. I'm sure going back up, um, you know, back to the West Coast would be something that he's excited about and hopefully he can get back out there because we've only seen a quarter um mm-hmm. before he got injured against the Arizona Cardinals. So hopefully we can get Trent McDuffie back and Uh, see what he can bring but uh, you know just looking at the 49ers and again uh, you can only play against the team that are on your schedule Uh, but they're sitting at three and three right now they haven't had the most difficult schedule in the world they have not played a team that currently sits above 500 and that's in a very crowded NFC West uh, as far as I think three of the teams are at three and three and then 
uh, one team in the rear at uh, two and four, but best um, one Seattle, by the way, <laughs> the fighting Geno Smith. I love it. My, my draft al- analysis from a decade ago is coming right back around as uh, Geno fan, but uh, 49ers are number two scoring defense at just 14.8 points per game. I think it's like the third or fourth time in a row that or so far the season, the chiefs have played the number one scoring defense. They did against the bucks uh, when they played them and obviously against Buffalo last week, but um, Nick Bosa, in addition to Trent Williams, look like Nick Bosa might be back in this game as he missed last week with that groin injury. Charvarius Ward, uh, obviously familiar to Chiefs fans, is day to day. It's interesting to hear people talk about Charvarius Ward being one of the more underrated signings in the NFL, the way that he had been playing for San Francisco before his injury. Uh, it's interesting, but defensively, what stands out for the 49ers uh, and what the Chiefs are going to be facing going up against this group? Discipline. They are incredibly disciplined. They don't really bust ever, at least when their starters are on the field, they don't really bust because they're so good at communication. And their front four, at least again, before they started getting banged up, uh, you know, when Bosa went out and they'd lost like three defensive tackles at this point, their front four was really Armstead. Yes, Armstead, all of them. Like their front four was really able to get after it. And so if you have an extraordinarily disciplined back seven with, a very aggressive front four and you don't really have to blitz to get pressure. You don't have to sacrifice numbers on the back end. Like you're just naturally going to be a good defense. Even the chiefs yeah. have had some of those defenses over the past few years. Like when Frank was at his peak and you had Chris and, and all them, like it's same, same kind of thing. Like if you don't have to blitz and you can still get pressure, that's ideal. But the key yeah. to it all. And this is the, the key to the 49ers defense is Fred Warner. Like everything runs through Fred Warner one way or another because of how their coverages are structured in the sense that they have a Mike linebacker that you can make do stuff that no other team can make their Mike linebacker do. You can give him assignments that on paper make no logical sense of like, (laughs) Hey, go out there and cover the number one receiver when he's lined up in the slot and get a PBU. Like he can do that. And so if you can like, lock your mic to a number one receiver and then like you know double the number one threat outside that's a ridiculous advantage that nobody else can do but he can handle that assignment like even going back a couple years ago he ran step for step with hollywood brown in the slot as a linebacker and and that was you know hollywood runs four uh, four two he is so different and so unique and their defense can do things that nobody else can do because of that and i think that honestly the chiefs should just stay as far away from them (laughs) as far away from him as they possibly can because targeting him usually doesn't go well yeah you go up against matt milano one of the best linebackers in the NFL in the next week, you turn around and go up against another one. And one of the players I want to ask about, he might not end up playing in this game because he's injured, but uh, just from kind of searching around and and talking with people uh, about what the 49ers have been really good with this year. Um, Another player, again, on that injury report, we talked about Charvarius Ward already. Uh, Mike McGlinchey on the offensive side, player worth watching as far as his injury. Same thing with Trent Williams we talked about earlier. But the strong safety uh, drafted last year in the fifth round. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but Talant, Talanoa, Onga. yeah, you, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, what what kind of impact or what kind of addition or loss would he be, and why is he a player that if he is in this game, the Chiefs fans should be paying attention to? Oh my God, he's so good. 
He's so good. <laughs> so many people like immediately every time he makes a play, like, oh my God, that's Troy Palabalu. Because you know, he got the hair, he's from USC, mm-hmm. and Troy's trained him the last two off seasons. Like once once he got in the league, like Troy became his offseason trainer. And they mm-hmm. play so similarly. Like when when he blitzes off the edge, it's a blur. And he's one of these guys where game speed is so different than time speed. Because time speed, he was he was like mm-hmm. good, he's good, he's average, but like when when you get him in pads. He is insanely quick and they, they do everything with him. Like he'll pick up guys in man coverage deep down the field. Um, He plays the run super aggressive. Like he's got like some Bob Sanders energy to him where he comes in and he takes on a pulling guard, like without like no regard for his body at all. Super aggressive, super physical, obviously a great blitzer. Like he's one of these do it all safeties that came out of nowhere. He's like a fifth round pick and he's playing like a top, six or seven safety in the league already um and it's it's so hard not to see young troy in him because he does so many things that young troy did all right i knew i needed to ask about him just the way people have talked about him i haven't watched a lot of the 49ers obviously uh being here in kansas city but uh seems to uh be one of their next young dudes uh that's going to be kind of leading that defense for the next several years so brett before we let you go uh do you have any predictions or thoughts on this matchup or the way that you see this all playing out I honestly, I kind of foresee a low-scoring game. I think this is going to be a defensive battle, which going into last week, I also thought that was going to be a defensive battle by their standards, which, you know, 24-20 was a defensive battle by their standards. This week, I think it's going to even be even more low-scoring. I'm thinking like a 20-17, to 20-16 to 16 hmm. Chiefs, somewhere in that range. I do think that they're going to pull it out because they have so many advantages over the 49ers in terms of, you know, quarterback play, every, you know, health to a degree, all that kind of stuff. Um, but boy, they're going to make you earn it. They're going to make mm-hmm. you just absolutely slog through all four quarters. And you're going to have to look up with two minutes to go and, and see that you have a three or four point lead. They're going to make you earn it. It's going to be frustrating. But in the end, I do think you're, you're going to get a win and they're a good team. Like they're, they're a great team. Um, but yeah, defensive battle all the way they're not the buffalo bills they're not the buffalo that's the thing is like you already got through your toughest everything's all you look up at the scoreboard and you're up you're up by four and it's late in the game it's not josh allen and gabe davis and you feel pretty good about it you feel a little different yeah but listen we've we've said that before this year and it uh it hasn't worked out in our favor, obviously, being that game against Indianapolis Colts. So this is getting into a stretch hey, of games hey, where the Chiefs Butker's should absolutely. Back. Butker's back. You're going to be fine. <laughs> Butker's, Butker's back drilling 62-yard field goals, just pimping him as soon as he makes contact. Uh, and if it wasn't for Jim Nance uh, jinxing him, calling him that chip shot, it would have been a whole different ball game. It was all Jim Nance's fault. That's my story. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, Brett, man, we appreciate you for joining us. And thanks, everybody out there. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast audio, we appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. We'll have plenty more great content to get you ready for the Chiefs and the 49ers coming up on KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Hope everyone goes out there and has a fantastic day. We'll see you next time.